Welcome to the Generation Iron Podcast, featuring the biggest names in bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports world. If you want to be a bodybuilding champion, it takes hours and hours every day of being dedicated and being passionate about it. As your boy here, Kai Green, aka Mr. Getting It Done. Yeah, Tune in to the GI exclusives on the Generation Iron Airwaves. What's up, guys? This is Vlad, and we are back on Generation Iron Podcast. Today is a very special guest, um, a very accomplished bodybuilder in IBB Pro. He's been bodybuilding since he was 10 years old. He comes from Czech Republic. And what really stood out about him in a pro league is his ability to pose. He's able to do some crazy moves on a stage. He's able to do a split, all types of crazy stuff. And, you know, of course, along with that, he won some top competitions like the Arnold Classic in Brazil, uh, many other ones, and he really solidified himself as one of the top European guys in a modern-day um, bodybuilding. So I'm very happy to welcome to Generation Nine Podcast, Lucas Ostadil. I want to ask you how you got into bodybuilding originally, kind of like what, what got you interested in, in it? Uh. I started bodybuilding when I was 10 years old. Uh, I remember that uh, when I woke up one sunny day, I decided to start uh, training and building muscles, but uh, I I didn't know uh, almost anything about bodybuilding. I just decided to start uh, training and uh, making uh, bigger muscles because I have I've seen it somewhere before. But I don't know why did I make the decision to start bodybuilding, but I think it must have been from uh, some dream that I had the night before because uh, I don't know why why would I decide so quick after I woke up so mm-hmm. and uh, at the time I was 10 years old and uh, my weight was maybe 28 kilograms and uh, I I just knew that uh, to build muscles you you need to uh, start uh, using weights and uh, like uh, many times a week or something and then it will grow but uh, that that that's about all I knew about it I I didn't know that it has something to do with uh, with diet and so on so and since since the day I decided to do the bodybuilding I have been doing it until now and I I've never stopped the biggest break I had was like maybe two weeks in the 31 years it was like two weeks maybe three times and then one week maybe I don't know almost every year or every other year or something so no no big break or something so you were very young, 10 years old is very young to, to start bodybuilding. Yeah. What did your parents say about that? And how did you even do it? Did you go to the gym at 10 years old? How did, how did you start working out? Uh, 
No, I started doing some push-ups and uh, uh, I don't know some exercises that I could do with my body using my myself to do to exercise and then uh, later I I found some uh, something like two dumbbells but it it, uh, it wasn't dumbbell it looked like dumbbell one had two dumbbells uh, one had four kilograms and the other was four and a half kilogram so and I started using it and then I asked my mom to buy me another one that uh, was five kilograms. And then I got more and more in next months and years. And uh, I I trained at home, but at the beginning it was like 30 minutes every day mm-hmm. and then one hour every day and then one hour four times a week and so on because i i starting i started buying some muscle magazines and i learned a lot from what i've read there but i didn't know anyone who who was bodybuilder or anything like that and when i was about 13 years old i started uh, going to gym because there was a gym in, in the small town it was like five minutes walking from in Prague out, or no it was Zabrzech mm-hmm. in Moravia mm-hmm. it was the town that I grew up so I I went to gym maybe I don't know three times a week or so and then after three years, the owner of the gym told me that uh, it would be good if I uh, tried to compete because he saw me there training all the time and mm-hmm. he, he could see that I like it. And, uh, and so I went to my first competition, but no diet, nothing, just training and he just uh, uh, he showed me how to pose and uh, how to train a few months before, but no diet. So mm-hmm. just just maybe last two days I did uh, the mani- manipulation with with water and carbs, and it's all nothing special. And how did, it feel, how did it feel to be on stage for the first time? Uh, I don't know. I think. Uh, if I remember, I I was happy to be there, to to go there. I've never seen bodybuilding. No, I say I I've seen one bodybuilding contest like uh, six months before I competed. So I I knew how it looks like. And also I've seen some uh, maybe Mr. Olympia or something on on TV. So I knew how it works, and uh, I was just small guy, nothing, almost no muscle. So hmm. I I could see the real bodybuilders there for the first time live. So I could uh, say hi to them and so on. But they were all young, 
was younger than juniors. Mm. My I was like I was I wasn't even 16 years old. How did you go I, from how did you go from that to getting a pro card and how difficult was it for you to get the pro card? Did you get it in Europe also? I competed uh, almost every year since then, 97, 98. Uh, then I had then I had to go to army. It was 3 weeks before the contest I had to go to army. Wow. Uh, so it was big big lose for me i was not happy about it because i i looked good and my weight was like 78 kilograms and i i know that i knew that i would do well because i saw the contest later on tv and uh, so i knew that i would do well what contest was it what contest what contest yeah it was uh, Still, uh, juniors, juniors uh, in 1999. Mm. No, it was 2000. Sorry, mm. it was 2000. And in March 2000, uh, I I had to go to army, and then right after army, I I competed again. Like three days after I left army, and I was that was not good to uh, to. To be in prep during uh, army, of course, you know mm -hmm. there is no food you you need and nothing. It's just mm -hmm. there was a good gym and I could train like six times a week or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, my condition and shape was different than uh, before army because I lost some weight, I, I lost muscles, but uh, and it wasn't so good. So I was I was uh, second in the. Moravian Championship and fourth at the Czech Republic Championship as a junior. And then I had a three week, uh, three three years break. And in 2004, I competed uh, as as a as a man, not junior, as a man for the first time, up to 80 kilograms, and mm -hmm. I won. Uh, I won. Czech Republic championship mm -hmm. and then one year later I won also Czech Republic championship overall and then two weeks later European championship overall it was my first international contest mm -hmm. and uh, and then after winning the European championship I continued to compete as an amateur mm -hmm. That I was second at the world championship in Czech, up to 90 kilograms, and then some other international contests and so on. And also Arnold Classic amateur 2010, I was fourth up to 100. 2011, I was second up to 90 kilograms. And also amateur Arnold Classic. No amateur Olympia, first amateur Olympia in London, 2011. I was second, and then I decided to uh, to become professional because of my overall victory in uh, the European Championship. So I could uh, I could I could ask for the pro card mm -hmm. because of the victory and. Uh, 
But first I competed in 212 category. And my first contest was Toronto Pro Supper Show in 2012. And I won my first pro, sure. my first pro contest. Mm -hmm. and I, so I got nominated for the Olympia showdown and I was, I think, 11th there. Mm -hmm. And then I had a few more contests, no few, maybe eight. Eight contests in 212, and uh, I moved to Open in 2015. And my my first contest was uh, Ever Sprague Pro, but it was a very hard contest because there were big names like uh, Dexter, uh, Rory Winkler. Mm -hmm. Uh, Morel and uh, maybe Sean Roden. I think I don't remember if it was two, 2015 or 16 the names exactly the names, but there were big names and I was eight there, but my condition was very good. And uh, one week later, I I won my second pro show. It was in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And I was first, and second was uh, Jose Raymond was second there. Mm -hmm. So I got nominated for Mr. Olympia 2016 in Phoenix. And yeah. In 2017, you won the Arnold Classic in, in uh, South America, right? In Brazil. Yeah, 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 in Brazil, yeah. I feel like that was a really big win for you because it's a, it's a very prestigious contest, you know, Arnold Classic, and yeah, I feel like that's sort yeah. of like your name really became very known in the industry at that, at that point. Would you agree? Yeah, of course it was. Uh, it was my first time in South America and uh, but not my first Arnold Classic because I competed in Ohio and in... Uh, uh, no, actually it was my my second Arnold Classic in the Open because I competed in Arnold Classic Europe 2016. And in Ohio and Australia, I competed one year later after Arnold Classic in Brazil. But uh, I competed with, uh, there was uh, Juan Morel, uh, Michael Lockett, and uh, Johnny Jackson was there. Mm. Mm -hmm. so I, I beat them. But two weeks later, I was going to South Africa, Arnold Classic South Africa. And uh, at the airport, uh, the, the lady asked me at the front desk if I got a yellow, what's the name, was the, the vaccination, yellow. Oh, the vaccination for the Zika virus or something? No, yellow something. <laughs> yellow, I, I forgot it. So when you I got to know. when you got to Brazil, they ask you for that. Yeah, because uh, I found out that you don't have to be vaccinated when you fly from Prague to Brazil. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have to, why would I do it? So mm -hmm. I, I decided not to do it. 
Also, I found out that you don't have to get the vaccination before you fly to South Africa. Yeah, so I, I just didn't take it, of course. Why would you do it if you don't have to? Mm -hmm. But I found out there at the Sao Paulo, flying to South Africa, Johannesburg, that you have to have the vaccination. If not, then you are not allowed to fly to Johannesburg. So it was a waste of time for me, two weeks prepping for the Arnold Classic, and I lost the, the chance of winning another Arnold Classic because I just couldn't fly there. So to, everything to, to, was, to Africa? Yeah. And uh, the winner there was Johnny Jackson, who was fourth in uh, Brazil. And there was also um, Victor Martinez, who was, I don't know if it was third or fourth there. So you're saying, you're saying if you were allowed to go, you would have probably won another Arnold Classic in, in South Africa? Yes, because my condition was, was, was great. And my goal was to be about the same or maybe half kilogram lighter, mm. just more definition, nothing, no extreme, nothing, just, mm -hmm. and it went, it went great, I felt good, and it was big loss for me. Mm. That's, that's interesting, I did not know that. Um, which bodybuilder did you um, look up to when you were getting into the industry? Which, which bodybuilder did you admire? Uh, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, was the most Arnold was the most that I looked yeah. up to and I still do of course and there were other bodybuilders like uh, Lee Haney, Dorian Yates, uh, Flex Wheeler, Sean Ray, Kevin Labroni I don't know it was the 90s so it was the most famous era and I started 1990 so I could see it from the beginning, mm -hmm. in the magazines, because there was no internet, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I had. You mentioned. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, sir. Uh, I had. I bought uh, many magazines. I and I looked and I read the magazines like uh, every day, and, and it was my passion. I remember that I was. It was the best thing that uh, I could uh, read it and I could see the bodybuilders there and, and so on. It was special for me. Mm -hmm. I can remember it. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned that you started at 10 years old, right? At what point did you get a coach that taught you about, you know, how to get ready for the contest the right way? When did that happen? Uh, coach, I got my first when I was getting ready for um, for Toronto Pro Supper Show. In oh, so you were pro already? So you you had no coach bef before you were pro? No, no. Oh. I won I won the European Championship overall. It was my first uh, international contest, and uh, I I didn't have a coach. I was doing mm. everything by myself. Wow. Just I was. I planned to have someone mm -hmm. to ask 
many things, so I I don't right. do anything wrong. But finally, I didn't find anyone. I just did it by myself. So I, I'm glad I did because the result was perfect. That's amazing, man. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. How did you learn how to? How did you? How did you just from magazine reading magazine? Or how did you know what to do? Magazines and uh, Arnold Arnold's book, like encyclopedia uh, of modern bodybuilding and uh, other bodybuilders. I I've I knew some bodybuilders, but not too. They were not. Uh, as good, of course, but uh, I've learned. I ask there and there. From time to time, I learned more and more, and uh, this was what I learned, and I applied it to my prep, and it went incredible. That's amazing. I want to ask yeah. you about your your posing. Now, I was looking at a, a lot of your posing online, actually, from different routines. It's very different. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of acrobatic. It seems like you're extremely flexible. I don't know. You can do a split. It seems like right. Like you know how to raise your leg. I mean, it's 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 very different from a lot of posing that I saw. What inspired you to you know to pose like this? Uh, in two thousand four and five, I was looking for something different mm -hmm. to put in my posing routine, and I found few things. And when I was in uh, the European Championship. Uh, I, I knew that the audience liked it, liked mm -hmm. it there, mm -hmm. yeah, and so I, for the European Championship, uh, I think I did the, it was my second year that I did, no, my first year that I did with the leg and the right, turnaround, right, right. yeah, mm -hmm. and also, I don't remember if it was 2005, or one year later, the the wave with the glutes, and every time I do it, people like it. I see the audience. Yeah, the reaction, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's good because I I saw, for example, Frank Zane doing the the vacuum, and uh, few bodybuilders had some special poses and. I wanted to find something different, and I found this. So this is how it. That's interesting. Um, yeah. in, in your opinion, who are the, the top five uh, posers in bodybuilding of all time, or your five favorite ones? You can tell me that inspired you. Five. Uh, I don't know if I say it correctly, but uh, from what I just now, what I remember, mm -hmm. and what I've seen lately, I think it was uh, like Sean Ray. Uh, I'm not talking uh, just about the posing routines, just posing, yeah, not only posing, because yeah. I don't remember Sean Ray posing routine, I just remember how he posed. Uh, Melvin Anthony, Kai Green, uh, Vince Taylor, mm -hmm. and maybe Fred Smalls. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, it's interesting you brought Mel Melvin Anthony. 
because I agree with you. Like he he's he kind of you kind of not remind me of him. You know what I'm saying? But I see the resemblance. I don't know. But um, he's very underrated. I feel like in bodybuilding. So I'm glad you mentioned Melvin Anthony. Um, he's def he's posing routines were great, and Fred Big Smalls too. Actually, you know, he's not the under under underdog. I would say, you know, what I'm saying people don't bring him up, yeah. but like he's yeah. a great poser. And I remember the posing routine of Kai Green from I think it was 2008 in Colorado. I think it was, and it was incredible. I I remember a few years ago I found it and I. I couldn't stop watching it over and over. It was yeah. in, I tried to do the movement, but it was impossible for me. It's just you have to learn it, and yeah, I, yeah. I was not able to do it. So well, Kai definitely. I mean, most people bring up Kai. You know, when they talk about posing, like they bring him up. Yeah. You know, but I feel like people yeah. overlook Melvin Anthony yeah. so many times. You know, yeah, but, probably most. But Kai has different style of posing than Melvin Anthony mm. and than I do, and so everyone has different. Mm-hmm. Someone is more for to, someone uses uh, dancing and uh, the robot movement and Kai Green is robot and uh, standing on on the head and yeah. I don't know it's different Melvin Anthony and Kai Green is different posing but all both are incredible. How much do you work on your posing routine? Um... Is it, is it do you choreograph it from the beginning to end? How much work goes into it? Uh, the most difficult posing routine I had was in uh, was for the Mr. Olympia 2016 because it took me like three months to learn it, and I I had choreographer to uh, to make it. Was you like did. You're a choreographer. Okay. Yeah, choreographer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I used my poses, of course, and he taught me some some uh, new movements that was that were really difficult for me because I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it took a long time for me to to do it all correctly or three minutes so I, mm-hmm. I, I think it was like 40 or 50 hours of wow. learning with him like three times a week I think and it was long long time and it was very difficult for me mm. but f- for example for the European Championship I I did the posing routine by myself I, di- I did all posing routines by myself except the one for 2016 Mr. Olympia and uh, I think I started like two months before the contest. Just uh, write it down the poses, and then I started learning it and making it better and better. And so I think two months is okay for posing routine. It's not good to to leave it for the last one week or something because mm-hmm. it's too late to to learn posing routine. You know, it's crazy. Kevin Lavroni told me that uh, he never rehearsed ever. He just basically came up with a, his routine that, like the day of the competition. He told me that. Mm. Yeah, a few times. I did it a few times because, for example, uh, in Vancouver 2018, 
I had the posing routine that I just talked about for three minutes, mm -hmm. but Robin Chang said that there is no time, we have to cut the posing routine to one minute. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, my posing routine, first 30 seconds is just almost no posing, so it, would, doesn't make, it wouldn't make sense, so I said, just mm -hmm. play me some prodigy uh, song and I will just pose just blindly. So I did and uh, I won the Vancouver in 2018, so there was no problem. Oh, that's cool, man. Um, talk about the 2020 Olympia and your performance there and um, what was your, what is your height and what is your, usually your stage weight normally? 5'8 uh, and uh, it's like 173 centimeters mm -hmm. and the weight is uh, at the Olympia to the last year it was uh, I was the heaviest it was like 110 for the semi-finals and 100 kilograms no, 109 uh, for finals I think it's like two, 242 243 5 245 I think to 10. Uh, 110. How was the experience at 2020 Olympia for you? Uh, I didn't like my condition too much because uh, if I could uh, return the time back, I would uh, try to lose more weight. Like, I mean, the, the last two days I would be lighter at the, on stage because the year before my condition was perfect I like uh, the pictures from the Olympia 2019 when where I got uh, eighth place because you could see the details there and uh, in 2020 uh, I was too heavy and I couldn't see the details that I was going to, so I don't like it too much, and I I know that I could do better if I was lighter and more more definition. I know it. Interesting. But so, I worked I, I worked with uh, George Farah uh -huh. well, since uh, 2014, and uh, it went great. Of course, I won three professional contests. And I got five Olympia nominations. Every year I got no nominated for Olympia, for Mr. Olympia, since I stepped on stage as an open bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. So it was successful working with George. And uh, But the last year I, I told him that uh, I should cut it more down. And he said that he wants me to be a little bit heavier, bigger, but I didn't uh, agree with him and I can, I can see it now that the condition wasn't so good for me. That's interesting um, that you say that because, you know, if you really think about it, in order for you to compete with the guys like, uh, you know, Brandon Curry and, uh, you know, Big Rami, I mean, they, they, they have a lot of mass on them, so you don't, you don't feel like you should get heavier in order to, you know, to be to be more dominant, basically, in your opinion? Yes, I, I feel, I feel that I should be bigger, of course, but you, I always work 
off season or when I'm gaining weight or something before I start my pre-contest diet. But uh, at the end, I always want to cut it down 100%. So I had some muscles that I got in the last few months or years. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the final day, I, I need to be ripped as much as possible, the, mo- the most details as possible. But if I just uh, stop cutting down just to be bigger, mm-hmm. so I, ho- I, ho- uh, I hold more water or fat or something, mm-hmm. it, it's not uh, the way I do it, it's not good. Because so when conditioning, you conditioning is the most important thing. For me, yes, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I, I told you I, I looked the best in at the Olympia 2019, and mm-hmm. I was lighter. My weight was like 105 for semifinals and 106 for finals. And mm-hmm. the last Olympia I had 109 for finals, so it mm-hmm. was three kilograms, three four kilograms different, lighter and more, more details. And I was eighth there. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So what's happening this year? Are you are you trying to get to Olympia this year? Um, are you are you you know doing contests before? No, this year uh, I took longer break uh, to de- de- detox my body. After Mr. Olympia, in uh, the mid-December, I just, uh, no, from the mid-December till uh, March, I took like three months uh, break. Mm -hmm. I was off three months. Mm -hmm. I do it always after the last contest of the year. I take like three, four, five months break. Mm Uh, and then I start again because it's much more healthy mm-hmm. and uh, I started prep but uh, like two weeks after I I decided uh, to take longer break because when I got my blood work my creatine was uh, a little higher so and I always say that when I go to get my blood test and uh, the results are the same or better than the year before, then I can start my prep. But if it's worse, then I must take a longer break because I could have some health problems if I mm-hmm. ignore it mm-hmm. all the time. I, I, I did it every time this way mm-hmm. so my creatine was higher not uh, too high but uh, i know that uh, when it was higher like few years before i had maybe 119 or 193 george told me that we have to be careful now and he he did some changes in my diet, no, no BCAA and no, no glutamine and so on. And uh, uh, so I knew that he did it, that he uh, was also careful about it. So now I decided myself because it was even higher than before. 
So I had to take the break, longer break, because in my head I felt that if I ignore it, I I could have some bigger problems in the future. I don't know. You never know. You must be careful because you see what what happens with bodybuilders when you are not careful. It's, even if you are careful, if you think you are careful, you can be in danger, of course, because it's the, it's the sport. Uh, in the Mr. Olympia level is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. You must be careful. You've been bodybuilding for over 30 years now, right? For roughly 30 years. Um, have you ever been concerned for your health before? Uh, concern, you mean if... Like we have worried that, that, you know... Uh-huh. Always. But... Uh, I mean, uh, it's better to be careful and uh, take care of yourself than to ignore things and uh, and risk your health, of course. So that's why I I told you already that uh, after the last contest of the year, I always took five, four, three, seven months break. Mm-hmm. I was off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lost some weight. Like now, I have uh, 96 kilograms. It's nothing. Yeah, I had 109 on stage mm-hmm. in December. It, it's like Kevin Leveroni. He also said that he was off, and he his weight. He was off like three months, I think, and he his weight uh, dropped down to 95 or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then five. Six months later, he had uh, 115 kilograms again on stage. Mm-hmm. So I, I do it the same way like Kevin does it did it. Yeah, well, he goes away for a while and comes back. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. You work with George Farah, right? And George Farah, I had a few conversations with him recently, and he's always preaching health now as his yeah. main priority, longevity and health. That's what he talks about all the time now. So yeah, that, did, does he have influence on you when it comes to that? He has, yes, but uh, I am uh, like like he, what he says, I agree with it and I have been doing it uh, mm, many him, years ago, so mm. he is maybe, I have influence on him maybe. Oh, I see what you're saying. So maybe because of you, he's, okay, I see what yeah, you're saying. I can say it, yeah, not it's not 100% true, but... Mm-hmm. I can say it, yeah, because mm-hmm. I am careful and he knows it that I am careful. Well, I think he had a big revelation after his, uh, he went through a very bad case of like cancer. It's a, And then after cancer, you know, the opiates and everything else, he gave us a long interview where he explains all that stuff. And I feel like that kind of was like, in a way, he had a big moment in his life where he really, you know, he kind of changed a lot of a lot of ideas that he was following before, too, you know. So I think it had a big effect on him. Yeah, because young people and uh, young bodybuilders don't uh, care about their health too much. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't. They don't think about it too much. They know that there can be dangerous when you are not careful. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you are older, you start thinking different way. 
about this because you you see the people dying around you everywhere and uh, it's not good mm -hmm. you must st stop and think sure now you're not doing 2021 olympia do you have any predictions uh, any predictions of what's going to happen this year at olympia i think if uh, big rami has the same uh, condition or better maybe five ten percent better and i think he is working on it with his coach then he can uh, he can win it again and uh, if he is a little bit off there are others who can win like uh, hadi chopin hadi chupan can brandon curry can win again mm -hmm. uh, William Bonac is close to the victory, of course, and if there was Sean Roden, he could also win. So it's hard to say who will be, who will have the the best condition at the at the day of the of the final day, of course. But but the top five will be close to the same like last year, I think. Mm -hmm. And maybe Nathan Nathan Diasha can be maybe five, six, fifth, sixth or something, if he is in the great condition. Mm -hmm. He could be there because he was eight already and he can be number six or five or something. Mm -hmm. Never know. Mm -hmm. But oh. there are a lot of younger guys like uh, Regan Grimes and uh, Hunter Labrada and so on. So. The young generation is coming also. Mm -hmm. Well, when do you plan to make a comeback um, and compete again? Was it, was it going to be end of this year or next year? No, if uh, no, it's not possible this year. No, it's not. I, I <laughs> uh, if I compete uh, the the earliest I could compete is like June of next year. Oh, if, wow. I if I start, not earlier, I don't think so, because I had a big break and I still have and uh, it's like uh, now it's uh, the end of August and I, I have break since the middle of December. And uh, no, I had, uh, I told you that I had the five weeks of the prep, but mm -hmm. I decided to stop it. Right, because of blood tests, yeah. Yeah, because I, I felt it wasn't uh, the right decision at the time, so. Yeah. Do you miss competing? Because um, you did it for a while, like, you did a lot of shows, you know, you did a, you've been doing it for some time now. Do you still miss it or not? I didn't. No, I feel good because I took the break time. I feel good about it because I my body needed because I have been competing since 2004. Every year until last year, every year. And in 2019, I, I did eight contests. It was crazy. So my body needed uh, the long break. So I feel better to have the break than if I was competing right now. I, I, I don't really miss it this year. 
That's what I, you're saying. I don't because I need it the brain. What is your favorite thing about bodybuilding, and what is your least favorite? What is the thing you don't like about bodybuilding? I don't. I don't like the low carb diet. It's the worst <laughs> thing ever. It's. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've been doing for many years, and uh, someone can say that uh, you get used to it, but it's not true. Never, never. It's the worst. The training is hard. It's very hard, and uh, some people cannot do it over and over to train hard. They need some break, like one month a year, the two months a year, or mm -hmm. I don't know. But uh, the diet, if the training is hard, then the diet for me is like 10 times harder. Mm -hmm. It's because you are there 24 hours a day. You are, I am, at least I am hungry all the time and no energy. I don't feel good. I feel weak. And, uh, I, I just don't like it. It's uh, and and what I like the the best. Mm -hmm. I like uh, the victory when I I remember when I won at the European Championship. I felt incredible. I can still remember it. And also uh, <clears throat> in Brazil when I won Arnold Classic or in Vancouver or Phoenix. It's incredible. So this is what I like the most about bodybuilding, but it's just few times. So it's not even in Toronto pro when I won the 212 category, it was also incredible feeling, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. uh, one, of the, one of the things I want to ask you, actually, last thing I want to ask you, because you mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger as your one of your favorite bodybuilders, right? So he was all over the news recently. Uh, he made comments basically saying that they asked him about, you know, the masks, mandates for COVID. And he spoke out against people that don't want to wear masks. You know, he said, you have to wear a mm -hmm. mask and you have to kind of do it. And uh, he kind of said, forget about your freedom, you know, just focus on curing, you know, the virus, getting it out of here. Mm -hmm. And then some people in the bodybuilding industry were kind of like spoke out against him for that, saying that he's un-American for saying that, um, that, you know. Uh, have you heard about that? And since you're from Europe, you're kind of an outsider, you know, what do you think about um, this whole thing? What he says, you mean? What, what he said and how, and how some people react to it. What, yeah. what do you think is right here? Who's wrong? Uh, I don't know. You can never understand with everything anyone say. Mm -hmm. So... I don't think I agree or I don't agree because uh, I don't agree with my my girlfriend all the time, my parents all the time, with sure. you all the time, with anyone. So, but uh, if I, I don't know, uh, why would I, I don't know, Arnold is, um, he has done so many great things in his life in last 50 55 years and because of this one uh, interview or what he said or what he says now uh, mm -hmm. why i don't understand why do they react the way they do i mm -hmm. just uh, they don't have to agree with him of course i 
I don't like wearing mask, of course, but I know that sometimes you have to do it to to protect to so to stop the virus at least few percent or something. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I just don't change my point of view on Arnold because of what he said. Right. I don't. To, to to I have him here. There you go. And I would ne I would never uh, take the poster down. I, I don't because there is uh, it's too powerful what he has done in his life for me. It's there is too much power and no one interview cannot change it. It's just it's, it's a joke. Why would I change? my uh -huh. right right no I, I understand exactly what you're saying you, you're saying people yeah. overreacting basically by going yeah by reacting like but, this yeah but if you react like this your life will be like uh, <laughs> chaos chaos yeah you know yeah. when you hear someone says something for example sean ray says something you take his poster down, you say something, I stop watching Generation Iron. Right, right, right. Trump says something, everyone can say something and you just mm -hmm. uh, stop watching him. Why? I agree with you. I think I think you put it you put it in a very uh, understanding way actually. I agree yeah. with you. Even yeah. if my English is not perfect. So no, I, I think I, you I think you I, I'm glad I think you, you understand. I think you perfectly actually explain yourself. Yeah. And, and I want people to hear it for sure. Yeah. Lucas, thank you so much for your time, brother. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. I hope to see you sometime. So, bye. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Visit GenerationIron.com for even more GI exclusive content on all things bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are downloaded.